On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, it is time for the brightest conversation in Hamilton podcasting. Because there is so much to talk about from what's happened over the last week, we're going to dive down a lot of different rabbit holes. Stick around. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Let me bring in Mike Fortune from Cable 14, uh, also the guy you have heard for months until very, very recently hosting the town hall meetings here on 900 CHML about COVID. Uh, since that all ties in, we we like to call it the hump day updates on Wednesdays. But um, Mike, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Hey, uh, Scotty, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, my thoughts and are with obviously uh, the Cordero, Cordero family as well. And you've been covering it just spectacularly through uh, the Hamilton Spectator and your columns. I'm doing well. You know, it's kind of bittersweet. It's uh, it's Father's Day weekend, and uh, wish yep. you and every all the fathers out there a, a wonderful weekend. Uh, got to see my dad this past Tuesday, Scotty. It was his birthday, and for the first time in three, four months, got to give them a big hug each, which was really nice. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's like I said, it's bittersweet. It's beautiful out. Do you want to take the chance? Do you want to risk it? Do you want to be around people? I don't know. It's, uh, but but I'm raring to go tonight. Let's let's talk for the next hour and a half, man. Well, we have uh, we're going to talk about some of that stuff. And yes, I agree. There are there's a lot of things to get to. Let me do this. We're going to dive into some other stuff, but I, I just wanted to get to this really first because it just yeah. it another thing crossed Twitter as I was just getting ready here. The whole defunding of police idea. I'm not going <laughs> to dive down into defunding of police. We've talked about it on the show, but what got me thinking, and I know some other people have proposed this as well. If we're talking about defunding the police, is this time then to basically stop everything and look at every single program governments offer and look at what other programs we could defund? Because it seems to me that there's an awful lot of other programs that we spend rather lavishly and perhaps carelessly on that maybe if we're going to be looking now at defunding the police, we should be looking at all kinds of other things to take money back. Well, Scott, I know you and I have talked... Uh, multiple times on on, on on various topics over the last number of years in, in regards to what government spends money on, what they shouldn't spend money on. And and I've said this from the beginning of COVID, uh, perhaps it's a time that everyone takes a reset, hit the button, look at everything, uh, be constructive about it, be critical about it, and take that deep dive. Um, there are no doubt on the personal level, I know we've done it here in the Fortune household, Scott. I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure maybe you have in the Radley household as well. What can we go without? What what can we not? What do we not need to spend money on as much as we are used to? Everyone's been and doing that. Exactly. So why can't other levels of government? Why can't other levels of of, of policing and so on and so forth? Maybe not do the same thing. And if you can cut a few hundred thousand dollars here, a few hundred thousand dollars there, direct it to other things that are, are needed, I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm not here to knock the police. I'm not here to talk to 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 talk about you know the the need of defunding, but if we can direct things potentially differently, I don't think it's a bad idea to have the discussions to see what is truly needed as we move forward. I'm not generally overall, certainly by the definition of defunding that I'm hearing a lot of people give, I'm not in favor of the common 
wording of what some people are saying for defunding the police. I'm not in favor of that. I don't want to see fewer cops on the street. I think that leads to more Agreed. problems. Agreed. Uh, could there be, as you say, could there be a little bit of money here or there from the budget that could go away? Probably. But what I'm... Adjustments and tweaking. And, and you know what? I, I really don't like... As opposed to word, slashing. Yeah. yeah I, I don't like the word slashing. I don't like the word defunding. There has to be another word that we can use that... that puts a bit of a positive spin on it because to your point and again to all the experts and people who know a lot more than I do Scott you know it's about defunding I don't know what goes on behind the scenes at Hamilton Police I don't know what goes on behind the scenes at City Hall and neither do you and neither do most of these people out there on social media I don't know what is needed and what is not needed as much as they try to inform us they're elected they're put in these positions for a certain reason they're here to protect our city for a certain reason you know, maybe, maybe uh, I don't want to get into that whole, I, I won't touch what I was about to go to, but I think discussions at least need to be had. Well, here's, the, here's my levels. position and we've got to go to a break, but here's yeah. my thought on this one. If you are going to stand there and argue vigorously that police should perhaps be defunded, whatever interpretation or definition you want to give to that, yeah. uh, there are other people who vigorously disagree with you. The, you to me, you therefore can't stand up and say that the things you really support are sacred cows then and can't be looked at for other defunding opportunities as well. If we're going to start defunding, we shouldn't be picking one or two things. Let's defund across the board. Let's look at everything and nobody gets to pick and choose the things they like and then dismiss the things that they don't care about. But I don't think there's a person out there that suddenly Mike says, wait a second, wait, 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 wait. I, I, I'm in favor of defunding police, but you can't come after the things that I find important. Those are too important. It's got to be all or nothing in my mind. It's got to be consistent. And I don't see there's anybody who is really interested in having that discussion. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Joined by Mike Fortune from... Somewhere else in town. Usually it's in studio. Now it's somewhere else in town from Fortune Estates, which really sounds very lovely when you put that name together. You know what? Um, you, put that, a, you put Fortune Estates down in in, in uh, Pompano or something like that. I think I can make a killing. Are you in? You want to invest with me, Scott? No kidding. It sounds like Mr. Moneybags, whatever his name is, from Monopoly. <laughs> Fortune like Estates. I might get a new sign made for my, my, forget, forget my number on my, on my house. I'll just put fortune estates. There we go. I yeah, like and it. see how many break-ins happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my fortune from cable 14 host of the town halls that we've had here on CHML up until very recently when those have, um, well, it might, here's the thing with, with this whole thing. The town halls have stopped. I get it because much of the information we came, we became familiar with and we got, we think we have a decent handle on what's going on. But I must tell you, uh, in the last few days, my confusion, which is not unusual that I would be confused, but my confusion has ramped up to epic levels right now. And I'll tell you why. We've got the Hospital for Sick Children coming out with a paper that says evidence is mounting, children are less susceptible to COVID, less likely to spread it. Therefore, you know what? We can open up schools in the fall. And the Ontario government is saying, okay, Sick Kids Hospital, very reputable, is saying COVID uh, among kids, they don't need to wear masks. They don't need to do social distancing really that much. They can have gym and all these kind of things. All good. Well, then I find this story from not very long ago from a McMaster researcher who was looking at stuff. Uh, Mark Loeb is his name, Dr. Mark Loeb. And he did something talking about viruses and children. 
Children really transmit viruses, said Loeb. I don't think it will be different than other respiratory infections. Children are one of the big carriers of this, he says. So you've got two groups of scientists or two scientists looking at similar issues and coming to almost seemingly completely opposite positions. How in the world are average Joes like you or I who don't have medical degrees supposed to figure out who we believe now in this thing? Well, so so first off, uh, the 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 town halls will be coming back at the end of each month. I, I'm happy to say I don't know if they will be broadcasted on Cable 14, but I can tell you that on June 25th, I will be in the Cable 14 studios, physically distanced, uh, with Mayor Fred Eisenberger, uh, Paul Johnson, head of EOC, and of course uh, Dr. Uh, Richardson, head of uh, Hamilton Medical Health. Uh, We'll be doing a little roundtable discussion and then live call-ins. So the mayor is going to be taking calls. In regards to the latter part of your question, uh, Scott, I think to your point, you and I, I, I think we kind of get it and we understand it. And I don't think the comments are directed necessarily to you and I. We get it. We know what we need to do. We keep physically distanced. We wash our hands. We put on the, the masks. It's for the population that dis disregards this whole virus in general. And when you are having two points of view coming at you that are completely 180, it throws everyone out of the loop. So I always like to err on the side of caution, which is continue to do what you've been doing. Maintain your physical distance, wear the mask, be respectful of your space and other people's space, and don't go out unless you absolutely have to. I see these people out at various beaches. I'm concerned about what might happen at various bars and restaurants as they start to slowly reopen. I have a number of concerns. I am not going to put myself in that position and put my hand up and say, yeah, you know what, I'm going to be a carrier now. I'm doing everything I can. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to get it, potentially, because who knows if, if you still can or not. But these people that don't look after themselves and don't care about others... Because it's these people that go out to restaurants and protest and you name it, then go home to their parents, their grandparents, their aunts, their uncles, their nephews, their kids, and they, they pass it along. But Mike, even the people who are, and, and I agree with you about the, the people who are just being careless. I mean, that's, that's, that's what that is. And we all know about that. But even if you're someone who is trying really to do what's right, you now have two very well-meaning, very well-educated, very well-qualified points of view. One from Sick Kids, and look, Sick Kids is one of the leading children's hospitals in the world, saying, you know what, it's okay for kids to go back to school because they really don't carry this stuff. And we have other people saying, no, kids could be really heavy-duty carriers, even though they may not show the symptoms as much. My problem becomes, I... Even I'm not I'm not paying attention to the wingnuts on social media. I'm looking at people who are legitimate and I don't know who to believe. And if well, I have I, young kids and I don't right now, but if I had young kids, do I put them into school in the fall? I, I, the answer, let me take a break. We're going to come back and try and answer that. If I have young kids, whose word do I believe? I want my kids to be in school. I want them to be socializing with friends. I don't want them locked up anymore. But who do I believe? You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Mike, just as we were talking about this, we were just saying when you have two legitimate people, if your mom and your dad 
were each to tell you something that was completely antithetical to each other and you believe them both, who do you believe? Well, again, I, I, I excuse me, I, I don't think you can believe them both. I think, as I said before we went to break, Scotty, I think you got to err on the side of caution. And to use your term that you just said, I was thinking it too, you know, the wing nuts. You look what happened in Quebec when they opened up early and they said kids go back to school. You see what's happening down in the States and how viruses are just uh, exploding. There's still too much information that we need to find out and learn about this virus. So until we know more, I don't know why you would err and believe the fine folks that are saying that you're okay to go. I think you have to err on the side of caution, Scott, and say, you know what, I'm not comfortable at this point, Scott, in sending my kids back to their respective schools in September. And, and I already, understand, I've I certainly understand that. Prepare them. I certainly understand that, Mike, and from a health perspective, yes, but on the flip side, you say, well, how much school, how much damage am I doing by my kid missing more and more school and more and more socializing? Like there's the, there's the physical health side, there's the mental health side, there's the long-term side. Like these are all things you have to factor in. And I agree that I would tend to lean on the side of caution, but well, there's this other whole, part of it. That's a whole nother discussion then. Now we're going away from COVID. Now we're going to, to mental health and that's where you have to rely on other experts. And, and again, I get every family, every situation, every parenting partner situation is so unique. And, and I can't imagine what it's like to be those parents, single family, uh, parents who have children uh, with some sort of a disability that rely on, on, on different type of schooling. I can't imagine it. But at what point, Scott, do you say, we just want to send them back just so they get the schooling and we're willing to put their health at risk um, because of a virus, because maybe they're not getting the social interaction or they're not getting the teaching because at the end of the day if they catch the virus and they're no longer there then it wasn't worth it let me give you another example and this is this is not just for your kids this is for what everybody is dealing with right now and that is that there was a story that was out uh, a few days ago uh involved another mcmaster researcher as it turns out Catherine clace I think that's how you say her last name. If I am mangling it, I apologize. Uh, Associate Professor of Medicine at McMaster. And they said they, she and her associates looked at a hundred years worth of research, peer-reviewed research on wearing masks as a way to protect against viruses and other things and found they are highly successful in blocking bacteria and other things. So, Great, we've got them. But then for the longest time, we had the person who is directing all of the health information and directives in this country saying, don't wear a mask. It could be worse for you if you wear a mask. And again, you look at this and you go, I, I really believe, Mike, that what we end up with is a population that is now so in a lot of ways hopelessly confused that they have no, you, they, the only choice really is to sit at home and not go out and not do anything. And maybe that's the best, but it's hopelessly confused because they don't know what expert to listen to now. So you have one expert that's saying wearing a mask is worse for you, but you have other experts saying it, it's, it's beneficial to wear it. So are you worried about yourself or are you worried about spreading it to others? Because that's the message I have always heard. You do not want to spread it to others. Does that make sense? You, yeah, you, for sure. 
So, so yes, I get what the one doctor is saying. It could be bad for you. But what about everyone else around you, everyone else that you know, love, don't know, who you're just passing by? Those are the ones that you should also be worrying about. So, again, and I've heard time and time and time again, it's more effective and beneficial to wear the mask so you are not passing it along. Seems logical. It, it seems very logical. And, again, we are still in such the infancy of this virus. It's, what, six, seven months old? in a hundred-year span of research and all that, regardless, wear the mask, wear the gloves, wash your hands, protect yourself. If we did, had we done a, Scott, had we done a full shutdown in middle of March until middle, end of April, we would not probably be discussing this right now because potentially it would have all been dissipated and we can move on with our lives. But I agree 100%. There are so 100%. many conflicting experts and, and, exactly. and analysis, you don't know. So my exactly. solution is, my thought is, Scott, stay at home, wear a mask if you go out, and, and minimize your contact with people. I, I, I don't believe in this reopening right now. I, I've, I've said this to a number of people. I think we're still too soon. You see what's going on in Florida. Heck, Scott, within the last three hours, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Philadelphia Phillies have all had to shut down their training complexes. Stick around for next hour when we talk about that. But yes, you're absolutely right. That is, uh, it is, it is just, there is so much confusion right now. And again, we've got to take a break. There is so much confusion and the confusion is not just with people who are in their basement throwing out crazy ideas. These are credible people offering conflicting views that frankly i just don't know at this point who to listen to and maybe mike's answer is the best one listen to nobody and just stay in your house you're listening to the scott radley show podcast on 900 chml this weekend is father's day i hope you knew that hope you've got your card already i mean look i know that dads by and large wait till the last minute but it doesn't mean you have to wait to the last minute for dad and uh, let me give a shout out to um, Mike. We're talking with Mike Fortune with Mike's dad, Brian. Uh, happy Father's Day to Brian Fortune and uh, to all the fathers out there. Mike, here's the thing, though, and this has been a bugaboo of mine for a long time. And more often than not, when I raise it, people go, oh, come on, get over yourself. Well, now it seems as though there are finally some people who are sharing my view. Globe and Mail had a piece today pointing out that and it was written for Father's Day, by the way, it's not a coincidence, pointing out that in Hollywood, on TV, in the movies, dads are generally portrayed as buffoons. If you're not a buffoon, you're just really sad because you've destroyed your or your kid's life. But by and large, you're a buffoon if you're a father. Why is that? Why do we have seemingly almost all, or at least the majority of dads that are shown in media looking like idiots? So wait, are, are we talking media or are we talking Hollywood shows? Because I'm talking, well, no, I'm talking like media is in Hollywood shows, TV, movies, that kind of thing. I, I'd have to get, well, yeah, I guess, you know, you got the Griswolds, you, you have, uh, you got Al Bundy. Those are the two that kind of go off the top of my head right off the hop. I, I've never really thought about that. I'm going to be honest with you. I, really? I don't know if we are all attributed as buffoons. I think there are some television dads that have done some quite good some good things and have proven as to why they should be fathers and how to how to lead life you, you kind of stumped me there I, I don't know if that's really the case 
So there was this, this survey that was done, this poll that was done, they looked at 34 sitcoms that aired between 1980 and 2017. Now that's not all of them and found the vast majority, the dads were portrayed as bumbling idiots. And if they were doing any parenting at all, they were doing it wrong or poorly, or, you know, mom had to come and save the day. And look, I'm not, I don't want to take, I don't want to take anything away from mom. That's not the point. No, but I think there's an, you would never in 2020, you would never show me the sitcom where mom is the bump, the bumbling idiot. You wouldn't ever do that because that's not how it works. But I see, I, maybe people are shaking their head going, come on, get over yourself. It's not that important. I think it is. I think when you consistently show a person, a, a, a role, a person holding a particular role that is an idiot, I think it affects how people think. I really do. Well, I, 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 as again, as I alluded to, I think there's a couple that I can think of off the top of my head. However, I, I do think there have to be some Hollywood fathers, and I would have to give it a lot more thought as opposed to being put on the spot here, where they actually do talk about good values and good morals. And, and, and you know, I get maybe the, the father or the male figure in, in a sitcom is, is able to be the brunt of jokes or be able to... to uh, to, to put the hijinks into high gear, if you will. But I think at the end of the day, you know, the, the, you also have to look at it as these are Hollywood shows. This is supposed to be entertainment. You are not supposed to, to take real life experiences necessarily and, and, and put them into true practice. It's entertainment. It's an escape for 30 minutes, for 60 minutes. Let's get away from what we deal with and let's laugh at a dad or a mother who makes a who makes a guffaw or, or how they discipline their kid a little differently. I think it's a two-way street. You can also, you can learn from things and you can learn, um, how not to do things. That, that's how and, I look at it. And it's okay. And I, and I, and, and again, the reason I would disagree with that suggestion you just made where we can laugh at it and we can poke fun is again, there is no way that you would do any kind of racial stereotypes now go, Oh, come on, get over yourself. We're just laughing at the, you know, the stereotype of whatever racial stereotype you want to have, you would say, no, that's totally offensive. And that, and the reason it's offensive and the reason we don't do it is because we don't want to build those stereotypes and make people, you know, the more you portray those, the more people subconsciously perhaps start to latch on to that idea. That's where stereotypes have come from, from repetition. And, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of, show, tell me, and I know I'm putting you on the spot, and I've been trying to think of it. Who is the TV dad right now that you can think of that you would say, that's a great role model? That's like that's the guy that I want to be like. Who's the TV dad that comes to mind like that? First off, I don't have one. You, you I don't have one. Fork, you took that fork in the road. Uh, if, if, if I'm thinking top of my head, I'm going to go with uh, two people potentially. I'm going to go with uh, Tony Danza and who's the boss, A-O-O-A. Or All I'm right, so that's 1982. A, right, or I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Seaver from Growing Pains. Also 1982. I mean, it's like, you're right, and either of those are fine, and, and same with what's-his-face who was in uh, Family Ties, or, you know, I, I hate to say it because nowadays it doesn't seem like it makes sense, but Bill Cosby in The Cosby Show. And, we know about took, Bill Cosby. I get that. I know. And but, I, didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to go down that route. But, but regardless, at that time, regardless at that time he, he was. At the time, yes, we didn't know his personal life, but right. at the time on television, between Growing Pains on Thursday nights and the Cosby Show, 
He was the father. That was the family. Felicia Rashad, that was because they taught life lessons. I get everything that happened afterwards. Don't agree with it. It's horrible. It's despicable. But they taught on the show, on that 30-minute show, Scott. I think they taught some wonderful family values. They showed discipline. They showed emotion. They showed laughter. All the things you don't get in television nowadays. Now you go to something like A Married with Children, as I alluded to earlier, and Al Bundy, that's a complete buffoon. That is not. But again, it's supposed to be comedy. It's supposed to take you away. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Mike, I was just during the break so that I was uh, able to provide some kind of thing here, which in fact, it backs up your argument quite nicely while also backing up mine, which is very convenient. Um, you were mentioning, um, who were the two that you gave there as, uh, I mean, we had Bill Cosby, Seaver, uh, um, Tony Danza, Tony Danza. So the fathers in the 1980s, this study that was done of perceptions and of looking at sitcoms and fathers on movie screens and TV screens in the 1980s, fathers were portrayed as being idiot parents. So in a parenting situation, doing something ridiculous, 18, 18, 18% of the time. By the 90s, it was 31% of the time. In the 2000s, it's 50% of the time. So we've gone up by three times the number of, so that the, the, the thing is changing to show fewer fathers like we saw in 1970s, 1980s, 1960s TV shows to now dad is usually the moron. And it that leads to the bigger discussion, I suppose, which is, do you believe that repeated viewing of certain actions or certain things affects your thoughts about those things, builds stereotypes? Some people will say yes, some people will say no. I, I have no doubt, and I, I am, I'm terrified to think of what all the kids are doing right now on YouTube and Netflix, what they're going to be like in in. 15, 20, 25 years when they're parents and mothers and fathers, because what you see on YouTube right now is far different than what you and I were watching in the late 70s, early 80s. So, yeah, look, I, I get what you're saying, and, and maybe it's it's easy to poke fun at the dad and, and so on and so forth. And I, over the break as well, Scott, I was giving it more thought about shows more in the 90s and 2000s, but I wasn't watching as much of that stuff back then because I didn't consider it I don't really consider that family television. You, you don't have that June Ward Cleaver era. You don't mm. have that growing pains era where you sit down as a family now around the television, eating dinner, or having dessert, watching an hour of, of family time together. We are also in our own zones through social media, Twitter, various devices where we watch what we want to watch. And and that's yep. perhaps why Hollywood has gone a different route, because you know the market has changed. You know viewing habits have changed. Very much so. And I know that CHCH today announced, you know, they do their old shows that they do from like noon till six o'clock every day. Happy days, 5.30 to 6. Well, and they announced today that they're bringing back the Brady Bunch, which is that, fantastic. But Mike Brady, show me the TV dad today. Now I know that's, you know, it's the Brady bunch. It's, you know, different times, but show me the TV dad that would be like Mike Brady, where he would be a respected man that kids would come to, to talk to their dad about issues they had. And dad would offer wise counsel. I and take, a, I take on- another step. Look, look at Mr. Cunningham. 
look exactly. how he was towards Richie exactly. and, and the Fonz. He was a stand, and again, that's a little bit earlier than uh, than that was more in the seventies. That's what people grew up with. It's a whole different world now watching what we watch, to your point with the numbers that you alluded to when we came back from break. And here's the funny thing. You mentioned YouTube, and I'm glad you did because the truth is when my wife and I will oftentimes, if there's nothing on TV, we're just getting ready to go to bed or whatever, we'll throw on YouTube on the TV set and watch Fail Army or something like that. So, or, you know, just some bloopers or whatever. And they're just, you know, there's no thinking involved. And oftentimes... It's people doing really stupid stuff and falling or wiping out or whatever. I mean, again, lowbrow humor, but the number of people who are doing stupid stuff equal between mom and dad, between women and men, men don't have a, the market cornered on stupidity. Neither do women. We're all capable of giant moronitude And, and you see it often. Yet if you watch scripted shows, it seems like it's the guys. And I, you know, again, it, it, some people may say I'm being oversensitive about this. You want to know why? Because I really believe, and this is a way deeper issue that we don't have time to get into right now. I really believe, and I would debate anybody on this. One of the biggest reasons we have so many problems with so many kids, and I'm not being a millennial basher, the lack of father figures in kids' lives, the, the, how many kids are growing up without men in their life, especially boys who don't have any kind of man as a f- male figure, and, I believe yeah, it, is enormous. And, and you're right. And that's a, that's a whole other discussion and topic. And as, as you were talking, you know, uh, and, and I know you're this way, and, and we're fortunate where we take a very vested interest in, in a role in our children's lives. And I, I think it shows. Um, so when my son at 15, almost 16 years old says, dad, I want to watch breaking bad. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Because a, I think he needs to know what's going on in the real world. But I also think he also needs to know that isn't how you parent. That isn't how you father. I get that. That's a whole storyline and that's the world we live in. But if you were to take uh, a Walter from Breaking Bad or a Mr. Cunningham from Happy Days, who would you rather have as a father looking yeah. after you? But times are complete. And my parents and I, we talk about this a thousand times over. Times are completely different. Times are changing. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Mike, I wanted to get to this. The uh, Every sports league is trying to get up and running. And it seems as though in the last 24 hours or so, massive obstacles have been thrown in the way of that. The Philadelphia Phillies have now shut down their spring training facility because I think eight people tested positive. The Toronto Blue Jays, who are very close, the, they're in Dunedin, Philadelphia is in Clearwater. The Blue Jays have someone who tested positive. They're now shutting down. Tampa Bay Lightning had a bunch of people get it, so they're shutting down. Austin Matthews, the Maple Leaf star, he apparently has now contracted COVID. So the Leafs, who knows what they're going to do now. Do you, honestly, do you really think, no matter what leagues are trying to do, do you really think that we're going to see team sports being played this year in any way? Okay, so first off, just to, to your prelude there, uh, your Jay McQueen was correct. I'm looking out my window right now. There's some pretty nasty clouds here on the West Mountain, so it's happening. So it wasn't just that his knee was stiff and he went with the rain. And I'm starting to hear thunder. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Listen, you and I are sports fans. I do a 
a Zoom call with a few of my buddies two, three times a week. We are massive sports fans. Scott, there is nothing more that we all want than sports. While I am sitting here talking to you, I'm watching our local news channel, and they're talking about masks and movies. I have done enough of these virtual town halls now. I'm getting to your point. Let me let me ramble a bit here. Where it has been talked about where, yes, wear a mask, but don't touch your mask. Don't reposition it. Don't fiddle with it, because as soon as you touch your mask, it's on your hands. It's on your hands. You touch canned goods. You touch carts, whatever the case might be. I cannot possibly see how in Florida, where they had a massive number of cases over the last few days, I think 3,200 in one night, where these teams are training within 6, 7, 10, 12 miles of each other, where this virus cannot be contained, where you have a buffoon of a president who does not get it, I do not see how sports can truly happen. I don't know how they're doing it in the Premiership League and the soccer and so on and so forth. And if I got the league wrong, I apologize. They seem to be doing something right. Mind you, I think there's been a couple teams that have, have contracted a couple cases. In North America, where sports is king for so many people on Sundays and throughout the week with, with, with Major League Baseball and Saturdays and Sundays with CFL, which I am so dearly missing my Ticats, how? It, it, it is not possible with all of the touching and clutching and breathing and sweating and huffing and puffing. I don't see it happening until at least next spring, 2021, in North America. It, it's, it's, it's not possible based on what we are being told. And if we want to protect our seniors and our loved ones who are in those high-risk um, 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 demographics. I don't know how, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how they're going to do it. And, and I was reasonably optimistic about, for example, the NBA's plan because they're, the NBA is the plan as it stands right now is they're going to move teams into hotels at Disney world and they're going to be in a cocoon essentially where they have no contact with the outside world. So you're going to go in and have a 10 or 12 day quarantine period and then once you've been tested repeatedly and you've gone through that time and then you have no contact with anyone else, they're going to have games, blah, blah, blah. And maybe, maybe that can work because what we haven't seen yet, Mike, is the bubble. We haven't seen the players leave their contact with the outside world and only be in their sports bubble. And maybe that will be fine. But what I don't get is if that's the plan, why? I mean, I know you got to put plans together and everything else, but why not just start doing it now? And I know players want to be with their families. Take your family. But if you want this to be taken seriously and if you want to be able to do this, because right now, look, with this thing with the Philadelphia Phillies and with the Tampa Bay Lightning, both the NHL and Major League Baseball now, massive setbacks because now, now it's 14 days before you could even put those people into quarantine with their teammates. And I'll, I'll tell you why. And it's really simple, Scott. It's one word. Money. That's what it comes well, down yes. to. It, now, it now it comes down to money. And we're seeing the, the BS that the, the uh, MLB and MLB uh, PA are dealing with. And we, we know that team uh, and, and, and that leagues like that are, are, are gate-generated revenue, uh, revenue generated through the gates. 
Scott, it is so frustrating. It is so frustrating. So unless everyone is willing, to, again, as I said earlier in another segment, unless families, media, players, trainers, coaches, you name it, are all willing to shut it down for 14 days in their quote-unquote bubble, then we can maybe get something going. But because of greed and because of money and because of a bunch of other things, and, and I'm not saying being with your family is greedy. That, that's, I love that. That's awesome. That's what you want. But because of some of those factors, that's why this whole thing at every level in every league is dragging on and on and on. I, you, you mentioned money, whether it's greed or not. I'm looking at it the flip side way. I fail to see if I was a player, if I was a, a big top, big league professional athlete who potentially could be making hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars this year by playing a reduced season, I would literally be locked in my bedroom and fine with that for the term of this, because I'm not going to go out and take any risk that this thing could fall apart. That's the part that amazes me about this. Somewhere, some of these players have come in contact with someone that has given this to them. If, if you told me, Mike, tell you what, Scott, in three weeks, we're going to all go into a bubble and we are going to play and you're going to make a million dollars for the next month. You could tell me, Mike Fortune, any instruction almost. And I would say a million bucks for a month. All right, what do I do? Where do I go? Who do I not talk to? Where do I not go? And I would follow that to the letter. I know I might go a little stir crazy, but the amount of money that these guys stand to make and they're still not following instructions, it it, it blows me away. The problem with that is, Scott, you're only talking about a million dollars. These players are, are are talking about millions upon millions of dollars. And and I, I don't I don't know if, if they truly get it. It's it's it, it's 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 the the again now we're getting into I think the labor negotiation of the MLB, which is a little that's a whole other topic. But you got these multimillionaires; they're the ones I believe that are really pushing this whole thing as to why they don't want to play. You got the fringe players, the making the minimum the minimum the league minimum. They're the ones that truly want I think get out there and play because they're the ones that are going to hurt the most. But in regards to if you're if if just for the pure sport of the game, which I think has completely been lost over many years, and you've written about it and you've talked about it and we've talked about it, if you're talking about the true sport and the true love of the game, yes, I agree. You would do whatever you could to get back on that field, gridiron, turf, pitch, whatever you want to call it, so you can play. And I don't think there's the discipline. I don't think there's the wherewithal. And also, sports has become so huge with broadcasting, with trainers, with physiotherapists, media relations, the list goes on and on. It is too massive of a bubble to get everyone on the same page because everyone, as we all know, Scott, it's tough. We, we all have different priorities. We all have different things we need to do. You, you know, we, we saw Chris Boucher of the Toronto Raptors when this first thing first happened. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he zipped out to a mall. And God bless, you know, he, he needed some food. Okay. But he, 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 diso- he, he, he disobeyed protocol of the Toronto Raptors. And I'm not knocking the guy. But he didn't know. He wasn't educated. 
And that's not his fault necessarily. But Mike, I go back to my point. If you told me that hundreds of, forget millions. I mean, some of them will make millions. But if you told me that for the next month or two, you could even make $100,000, all you have to do is stay in your house until we tell you otherwise. I like I I'm guaranteed I would guarantee you that every single person listening right now would say wait a second $100,000 just to stay home in what is probably a very lovely home for the next month or month and a half sign me up every single person would say sign me up and yet some of these guys are not doing it and I just don't get it I've been doing and it that, because of that we're not going to have sports I think yeah I've been doing it for 4 months I could retire right now you know but again <laughs> you, right. you, <laughs> you and I are different we don't live the privileged life that some of these superstar athletes do. That some of these, yeah, but they're costing themselves. This is what I don't get. That they're, they're costing. They're not. They're hurting us because we're fans. But they're costing themselves. They're costing themselves, and and I think a large part of it is because of ego. You know, they, well, they, maybe they want, they want to be maybe. seen. They want to be heard, but no one's seeing them. No one's hearing them right now. And, 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 and again, and, and sometimes you get the odd one, obviously it's, it slips through the cracks. I, I get it. But Scott, what, what we need right now, I believe, and baseball missed the mark huge. Is love sweet need... love? Oh, no, that's a different song. Okay. <laughs> Man, I miss these talks. These are great. <laughs> we, 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 we need baseball. We need sports. We need live sports. And it's not the same watching soccer. It's not the same watching the KBO. We need North American sports. And I hope, and I hope and pray that Roger Goodell and the NFL are watching things extremely closely and are paying close attention as to what is not being done properly to ensure that there is at least some NFL football come September, October. Yeah, I, I hope, I, I mean, I hope that the other players are calling some of these people who got this by being careless. I mean, I don't know how else other than being careless. You, you, if you're staying at home in the safety of your house with your family, it's very difficult to get it. There has to have been some carelessness, it seems, but, but in somehow. Fairness, in, in fairness, and again, I'm not here to point names, but if you're a superstar NHL player, and you, you're staying at home, you're doing what you are supposed to do, and your mom or dad or your brother and sister are the yeah. ones that go out and get groceries, and they come back. I don't think we always have to point the finger at the actual athlete. Because, again, there is so much uncertainty about this whole COVID-19. There's so much uncertainty. We still don't I know agree. everything. I, yeah, you're right. You're right. I just, I, I, you know, when I looked at this today, when I started to see this all falling apart today, it just seems I'm waiting to see what the NBA situation looks like because they seem to be the one that has a real plan. And so far, I haven't heard of NBA players coming down with this. So, but your point, maybe that's the one sport that we're going to see. But the rest, I just, I, I just don't see. I don't see the likelihood now that we're going to have hockey, and I don't see the likelihood we're going to have baseball, and I'm not sure I see the likelihood that we're going to have NFL football. Not because they're being guys coming down with it but because that sport you are right in other guys face with spittle and with breath and everything else and that one if anything is the one that you're going to pass it around so to your point and i know we probably got to run soon we do if, if, if you are a professional athlete you look your wife in the eye you look your kids in the eye you look your mom and dad in the eye whoever you're living with you give them a big hug you give them a big kiss and you say you know what i'll see you in two or three months 
I'm out. You stay here. You watch me on TV. Do what I need to do. I'm going to win a championship. I'm going to go into the playoffs. I'm making money for my family. Thank you for everything you've done, the support, but I need to leave you here now. And that's what you do. And you suck it up for two, three, four months, and you play the game that you love. You make oodles and oodles of money. Yep. You, 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 you make the whole population and sports fans happy, and that's what you do. I know it's tough and it's easier said than done, Scott, but if I was an athlete, that's how I would look at my family, and that's what I would do. And then you buy them all a new car and a new cottage when it's all over and uh, take them on a trip around the world, if you can, in a private jet because you can afford it. And, um, you know, everyone's happy. There you go. There you go. See, we solved all the world's problems. Just like that. It's it's amazing. You listen to the brightest conversation in, in, in Hamilton and uh, we, we solve everything, Scott. It's, uh, it's great. Every, I love it. Every single Friday, all the problems of the world get resolved. Mike Fortune, <laughs> always appreciate you doing this. Thanks for the help. Thanks for the time. Scotty, thank you so much, and a very happy Father's Day to you and to all the fathers out there listening tonight. All the best, my man. We'll be in touch. You as well. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening. 911.